Okay, let us. Well, I'm, I think I'm on step seven. Let me tell you what the first ones were. Let us fear. Let us be diligent. Let us hold fast our confession. Let us draw near to the throne of grace. Let us press on to maturity. And let us draw near to the most holy place. I want to encourage you. <coughs> These are directly out of God's word, out of Hebrews. If you've missed some of them and you feel like you want to hear them, go to the website. You can stream them for free. Uh, I think you can stream them um, in, on your phone just as you're going down the road and can get caught back up if you want to catch up if, if you're here for the first time tonight. So tonight, number seven, let us hold fast our confession without wavering. Let me read the scripture from this one. It's Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, we are just looking to learn, we're looking to grow. Lord, we're looking for you and we're looking for answers. I thank you, Lord, that when we call on you, you answer. And Lord, a part of our being here tonight is us calling on you. We're in need of you. We desire you. We desire your presence. We desire your power. And Lord, we're, we have great challenges in front of us. I just ask you, Lord, to speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit, fill us and teach us and lead us and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I know this one sounds like one we've already done, because it does. It's very similar, but it is not the same scripture, and it does not have exactly the same meaning, so hang in there with me on this one. Let's go back and review just a minute about the theme of confession, as it was presented earlier in Hebrews, to see how we got to this statement. Now in Hebrews 10, it's come back up. Do you remember what confession means? We went over this. I said it. It is. It is to say the same thing. To say the same thing as. So when it comes to scripture, when it comes to our confession in God's word, it is to say the same thing as God. Our confession to say the same thing as God. So confessing our faith, then we say the same thing. It is saying the same with our mouth as God says in his word. It's making the mouth, the, the words of our mouth agree with the written word of God at every point. You want to powerfully pray? Pray the word. You want to powerfully, effectively pray? Pray the word. Your words don't have power. God's word has infinite power. So we want our confession, we want the things coming out of our mouth to be in agreement with his word. Pray through his word. It's good, John. But as we grow and we advance in our Christian lives, our confession should begin to come closer to complete agreement with God's word in every area of our life and in every experience. The things coming out of our mouth should agree with God's word. We should ask that question, does it agree? And if it doesn't, we should stop, take account, and change. You ever said something out of your mouth and think, I don't even know that I even thought that. And I know, I don't think that's where I really am, but that just came out of my mouth. Where did that come from? Not the word. Okay, then we need to make an adjustment. God doesn't need to make an adjustment. We need to make an adjustment. So, second, we just said, it's praying the same as. Second, our confession 
if you remember from the earlier step, our confession links us to Jesus as our high priest. You remember it says that he is the high priest of our confession. Does anybody remember that? Okay, I'm going to show it to you. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. He is in the presence of God the Father to represent us, to present our petitions, to intercede on our behalf, and to make good our confession. He takes our confession, he then is our high priest, he takes it to the Father and sees that it is done. You remember the children of Israel used to have to take their sins and their offerings to the priest so that he would then go and present it, present that offering. That's what Jesus does for us. He is the high priest of our confession. When I confess it, he then takes it to the Father and says, this must be done. This lines up with you, Father. You're watching over your word to to perform it. Let's go perform it. That's who I have with Jesus is someone at the Father making sure that my stuff is getting presented to the King. He's my advocate. He's my intercessor. I've got Jesus as an intercessor. You've got Jesus as an intercessor. So our confession enlists the ministry of Jesus as our high priest on our behalf. Do you remember? If we make the right confession, then the high priest kicks in. No confession, no high priest. He's the high priest of our confession. So we have to have a confession, but we have to have the right confession. Wrong confession, no high priest. Right confession, we have the high priest. You follow? All right. Then in Hebrews 4.14, we have step three of this resolution that we, uh, that we had seen uh, a few weeks ago. We examined it earlier. But there is so much to learn from this theme of confession from Hebrews. Let's look at the, let's look at the previous uh, step again one more time. Therefore, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. You guys remember that? Hold fast. So, here's the progression. Hebrews 3.1, we're told to make the right confession. In Hebrews 4.14, we're told to hold fast our confession. And then finally, tonight, in Hebrews 10.23, it talks about holding on to our confession without wavering. There is a progression that's happening here. If we take these in order... We make the confession, we hold fast to it, and then finally we, we do it without wavering. Why do you think that now this scripture in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 was put in to tell us without wavering? Why do we need to be told that? I believe that it, imply, that it implies not just to logic, but to personal experience. That when we make the right confession, when we make the right confession... See if you guys can can relate. Try your best to relate this to you. When you make the right confession, we encounter negative forces and pressures that come up against us. Usually before you can get out the door. 
So we make the right confession and all of a sudden here comes the attack. And even though we've made the right confession and we're holding fast to it, the pressure increases. So many times and it seems like the forces of Satan and all the powers of darkness have been turned loose against us to try to get us to let go of that confession. We've made it. We've made that confession. How many of you have started a New Year's resolution? And you do it for a couple days, and you're hanging on. Man, you're hanging on. And then all of a sudden, something happens. Your schedule gets thrown out of place. A bill shows up. Something just goes wrong, and you let it go. Same thing happens when you're walking with the Lord. You're trying so hard. You make a turn in your marriage. You're trying to, you're trying to love your wife. You're trying to think about your wife. You're trying to do the right things. And then the pressures get, get on you. It seems like every Satan cheerleader from hell shows up to encourage you to go the other way. And you fall. You drop the ball. Don't let go. It's at this point that the Hebrew writer encourages us, don't let go. Hold fast without wavering. The darker the situation, the greater the problem. The more the pressure, the more important it is to hang on. I was just reading on the way over here, talking about exercising and lifting weights and the ability to grow your muscle. You know, you're sitting there doing bench presses, bench presses, and the guy, this, this was a PhD um, in, um, in some type of physical education. I, I, it wasn't exercise science. Ph.D. in exercise physiology. And he got on the, the uh, bench press with this author, Stephen Covey, and said, I want you to spot me, and I want you to be ready to take the weight from me, but don't take it from me until I ask you to. And the author's talking about how he started going. He was doing good, man. First couple were great, strong, but then it started slowing down. And then he started slowing down more, and then the veins started popping out of his head. You know, and then we started getting vocal. And the guy's thinking, this guy's going to die. I need to take the weight. But no, he didn't ask me to. And it looked like he wasn't going to make it. Then all of a sudden, he made it. And then there he goes again. And then here he comes again. Looks like he's going to die. Looks like he's going to push through the floor. And he does it again. And finally, the author asked this PhD, why, why do you push yourself so hard? He says, you have to get to the end, kind of to that breaking point, before your muscles will actually grow. You've got to get to that point where that muscle almost tears. I mean, he, he goes into detail exactly how that works. Um, but do you know that's how we work? We're not going to learn in, anything until we really get pushed. And we get to that breaking point. And the problem is we get to that breaking point and we quit and run. And we don't get pushed through. It's the way it happens with emotions. It's the way it happens with learning. You know, it has taken, it has taken a lot of things to happen to me for me to be able to learn. And that's such a, almost a foolish statement for me to have to make. I don't want to have to be able to get to my pig pen in order to learn something. I'd like to learn something when I'm doing good. But the problem is when you're doing good, you're not hungry. You're not looking. You're, you're not concerned. You're not asking. You don't care. So I want to encourage you. When you're holding fast to your confession, you're making your confession, you're trying to do the right thing and it gets hard, hang in there. 
It's like Dave Ramsey. The first month, we're just happy. Hey, we're doing Dave Ramsey. This is so good. We're going to make it. It's tough, but we're going to make it. Then the next month hits. And, you know, it's not as fun, but we're going to make it. You know, it's good. We're going to make it. Then the next month hits. And then the kids make Allstate. It's a blessing. Yeah. I get I get a phone call today, two hundred dollars. And my son gets Boys State. Woo. I am so happy that he got Boys State, but it's it's we don't have an envelope for that. I'm not kidding. And we finally decide, we've never let our kids go on any school trips uh, outside of us. And finally, we just decide we're going to let both of ours go. And they say, we want to go to New York. Praise you, Jesus. And they go in March. And we don't have an envelope for that. No, we don't. And you want to cave. It's easy to cave. It's easy to get a credit card. It's easy to go wipe out your savings. It's easy to throw the whole thing out because it's too doggone hard. Don't. God's kingdom principles work. You just have to see it through. You have to see it through. You're not going to get the benefits of working out if you just do it one or two times. It takes a lifestyle change before you're going to see the impact of it. But you will see the impact without wavering. We get going and we just so easily jump off. I believe that God tests and per- permits so much stuff to sometimes happen so that he can test a sense what, where our faith is. And you know what faith is? Faith is going by things that we don't see. The problem is we only do things by what we do see. And you know what we see is darkness. You go looking hard enough in this world and it's going to get dark. The things that you hear, the things that people are speaking over you, speaking over our nation, speaking over the church, speaking over our kids, speaking over education, it, it is dark. But I want you to know that when you have the light... Darkness can't overcome it. It can't. We must go by faith. We must, even if it looks impossible. Even if it feels impossible. And as you're making this right confession, and as you're starting to to be a sponge and take in this word, take in this worship, allow God to really change your life, and you start to really make a change outside of church. Let me tell you, that's what we're after. We're not after a church experience, we're after a life experience. God came to give life and to give it more abundantly. He didn't come to give life during one hour on Sunday. That's a time that we just all get together and should be cheering and shooting off fireworks and setting things on fire. That's what they did. They lit stuff up. They brought stuff and burned it. They had, they had rejoicing fires on the altar. They, they had, they had uh, problems that they had to offer. They had all their issues. They set them on fire. Church should be a place to get set on fire. Now don't put that on the internet. But 
through the week ought to be where my victories are, not one hour during Sunday. I've got a lot more hours left in my week than just Sunday morning to have my victory. And listen, this is what my primary job is. And my victories can't be just on Sunday morning for one hour. You should take what you get here, you should take what you get at life group and in Sunday school and apply it to your life. You are going to see incredible breakthrough. As we were singing that song that last one, we give you the highest praise. You deserve it all, you deserve it all. Finally, it dawned on me. Why don't I just praise the Lord? So I just stopped singing the song and I just started praising the Lord. I started praising in tongues. I started praising in English. I just started praising. I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I caught just singing this song? That This is wanting to well up in me. Come out. And you know what started coming out? Breakthrough for you. That's what started coming out of my mouth was breakthrough for you. Breakthrough for me, of course. I need breakthrough. But, but what started welling up in me is what God is desiring to do in you. Not in this hour of church, even though he does want to do something amazing in this hour of church. But it's secondary. And I'm not trying to say that church is secondary. Jesus is coming back for the church. Jesus is coming back for the church. But listen, your victory can't just be one hour a week. Your victory is supposed to be 24-7. Doesn't mean you don't have challenges. You will, but hold fast to your confession without wavering. Hold fast to your confession of hope without wavering. Let me give you an example. Um, Abraham. A great example of holding on to that confession without wavering. Abraham, uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 19. Let's look at this together. It says, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Now let me stop for just a second. Faith faces facts. Abraham did not live in some dream world. I run into people all the time that live in this dream world. And it's wrong. Jesus Christ was not a flake. Abraham was not a flake. He didn't weaken in his faith, but he faced the fact that his body was dead. I really feel like it was like it was that same moment as I was following, going with Ruth Ann, taking her to the taking her to the doctor. Her head was bashed, was bashed. She had something swelled up. That is a fact. I'm not saying, oh, it's just gone. It's just not there. I'm just going to speak that over her. It's just not there. No, it's there. I see it. The fact is it's there. But God, I have no control. I am completely at your mercy here. How this goes, I have no weight. I, I've got nothing to offer except to say, I know you. I know your heart toward me. I know your heart toward her. And this is what I said out of my mouth. Here's a great chance for you to show me how great you are. Just go ahead. Just go ahead and show me how great you are. Because it's all I've got. And you know what he said? What do you need? I've got her. Abraham is sitting here and has just been spoken. You're going to have a son. 
and he faced the fact, okay, my body's dead, as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. Can you guys see that? Let's just stop for just a second. And I want you to think about what you're facing. The impossible thing that you're facing. Go ahead and acknowledge the real, the, the fact. Go ahead and acknowledge the fact. But is there any way that you can see that there is a God at work for you? That he is working in you. And then if you'll go back to what we're talking about on Sundays, if you will just follow him. If you will just believe. Believe, follow, your, your actions will follow your beliefs. You just can't say, okay, I believe. No, your actions will follow your beliefs. Your lips your, your lips are with me, but your heart is far from me. That's not belief. Where you stand right now, this whole thing of Church on the Hill, a place of hope and purpose, this is where it starts. You need hope for what you're facing. Go ahead and acknowledge what you're facing. David didn't go out into the field and say, there is no giant out there. David acknowledged the giant and said, who is this 10-foot doofus talking about my God like that? That does not line up. No one else will do something? I'll do something. Well, you're just a little nothing. Well, go ahead and watch what a little nothing can do. Somebody get out of my way. Find a rock, and I'll go take care of this big guy. He's real. I'm going to cut off his head and show you how real he is. Acknowledge what you're facing, but then place that behind God. What does God say? What does the Word of God say about your situation? What does the Word of God say about your plan, your hope, your future? What does God say about you? And start speaking that out. And go ahead and speak it to this problem. Right where you are. Abraham was called the father of all those who believe. Any attitude that's not willing to look at real facts is not real faith. Abraham didn't try to deceive himself or picture something different than what it was. And we are exhorted to follow in the steps of Abraham and in his faith. Lay hold of the promises of God, make our confession, hold on to that confession, and do it without wavering. You know what scripture talks about wavering? You remember from James chapter 1, when we ask for wisdom? Let's look at that real quick and I'll finish with this. When a believer asks, he must believe and not doubt. And this asking was asking for wisdom. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all that he does. Now, I read through that quickly, but it needs to really sink in. Because the negative to this scripture, if you ask and don't believe you're going to get it, not only are you going to get tossed to and fro, 
how many of you, and don't raise your hand, but how many of you would feel like you just get tossed to and fro by the challenges that you have? They just beat you both directions. It's just, I just, I get hit left, and then I get hit right, and then I get hit left, and then I get hit right, and I pick myself back up, and there they all are, are all over again. But not only that are you going to get tossed to and fro, but you shouldn't even expect an answer. You shouldn't even expect to receive anything. That is a pretty harsh wake-up call. When you ask, when you get in, in God's in, in, on your knees and in the face of the Lord pursuing him for an answer, you need to learn to expect him to answer. Scripture tells us to expect him to answer because he said he would. And he is faithful. Do you remember if we go back to that scripture? Um, I can't go back to it. Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Anybody there? Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. He is faithful. When you waver, when you don't expect, when you pray and ask for something, expecting not to receive it, you know what you're saying? You're saying, God, I don't believe you to be faithful. And he is faithful. And he will prove himself faithful. But you have to hang on without wavering. And the storm's probably going to seem so bad that your boat's going to break. But it won't. If you're holding on to that word, if you are holding on to the Lord, your boat will not sink. It won't because he's faithful. We ask for wisdom, he gives it. When he tells us that something can be done and it's impossible, we no longer accept the impossibility of the facts that face in front of us, we accept the possibility of what God can do in that. And he can do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we could think or ask. So can I encourage you? If you're trying to stand, if you're trying to push through, hang on. Watch the words that are coming out of your mouth. Do they line up with God? Are you speaking the right confession in what you're saying? over your kids, over your spouse, over yourself, over your job, over your church, over your pastor. Let me tell you, speak good things over me. That the Spirit of God would move in my heart, move in my family, that I would have, I would have the word to give you every single week. And that God would move in this place. Pray for Pastor Justin, pray for Zach, pray for Michelle, pray for my wife, pray for our families. Pray for your church, pray for your Sunday school teachers, for your life group leaders. Listen, God has placed them over you to help, to help you. He's placed the authorities into place for your benefit, not to make your life a living hell. Pray for your authorities. Pray for your spouses. And believe God's going to do a miracle. Man, my husband's not a mighty man of God. Well, that's okay. Pray that he will be. Speak that he will be. And start to believe it. Speak it until you believe it. Have you ever heard it? Fake it until you make it. 
God's word's true whether, I, whether I'm completely bought into it yet or not. Sometimes I just need to say it and say it and say it. I've had to forgive people hundreds of times before because the first one didn't take. Anybody relate? God told me to forgive you. I don't want to, but I forgive, I forgive you. And I come back tomorrow, I forgive you. Next thing you know, I really do. I don't have to tell you anymore. I know it in my heart. I forgive you. It's not based on a feeling. It's a command. If you love me, obey me. Follow the Lord. Hold on. You're gonna get, you're not just gonna get through. You're not gonna squeak past the finish line and think, oh God, I barely made it. No, you're gonna run full of energy, full of life, victory. Amen. Y'all stand up with me and let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is true. And that, Lord, in your word there is freedom. In your spirit there is freedom. I thank you that you lead us and guide us into all truth. And, Lord, I ask you right now that we would grab hold of a word. We would grab hold of a scripture that applies to where we are. That, Lord, that we would get in your word and that we would ask to learn. That we wouldn't have to hit the bottom before we would learn. Lord, we want to be moldable. We want you to make us into what we need to be. Bless us, Lord. Let us hold on to that confession. Hold fast without wavering. And Lord, I just ask you, with mercy and grace, that you just help that storm to pass. Those that are hanging on, but the storm seems to keep beating them. Lord, I just ask you, in mercy, let that storm pass. Let us have some victories. Let us stop and acknowledge how great you are and get ready for the next one. I thank you, Lord, you are with us and you will never forsake us. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. God bless y'all. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you Sunday morning. Invite a friend. Bring people.